0: We're going to see some unbelievable good things this year, it's just—I just know in my spirit I could almost shout ahead of time uh, because of what God's going to be doing. I really ask you tonight to come uh, because we're a host church's first time that I know of that um, of recent that any church has asked any churches to come together, and so we need a, i need you all out here tonight. I'll just—I uh, know you will. I know you'll respond because uh, these people are going to feel. Uh, uh, not sure themselves as they come in and not know what they're walking into and not knowing you know where the restrooms are and things like this and so if you'll be kind to them and you don't have to do a long speech we just encourage you to shake their hands and say we're just glad you're here because it's such a joy to see people come together you know one of the saddest things is um not too long back we had to take a um, pastor off a radio station because he was slamming all the churches and um, that's not what God designed their church for. Uh, he didn't design our um, rail station for that. And so it's a unity thing that is gonna draw others to Christ. And when we see other churches coming together, the people are gonna say, you know, I don't understand this. Uh, I thought the churches were fighting one another, but you know, it's, it's not my thinking, but it's kinda of like there's an elephant of population out here that has, is lost. I mean, it's an elephant in size, if you really think about it. And we're like a bunch of little ants worrying about the other ant getting too big a bite. Um, God's going to provide for His church as He sees fit. And if we can just do our part and do what God has called us to do, we're going to see miracles here at Living Word Church, and I'm not worried about it. Uh, God is going to take care of us. And so uh, I just want us to uh, reach out to these people. We're not trying to get them to come to Living Word Church. We just want them to come to know Jesus. And that's what I think is going to happen tonight. I just have prayed and believed God that they're just going to be healed, delivered, and set free. Because we're in one team. It's not, you know, one church in Brownwood. It's all the churches that make up a church. And so, so I'm excited. Um, I look forward to that. But you know, there's something about Christmas season to me that is exciting beyond measure. And it's the fact that all over the world, people are rejoicing in this day. You know, we can drive down the streets last night. We drove down uh, Main Drag in town and we looked at the uh, Christmas lights. And, and I was thinking whether they're Christian or non Christian, they're celebrating the birth of our Christ. And that's exciting to me. You know, even pagans have to acknowledge that Christ was born 1,997 years ago. I think that's interesting. That God designed the calendar system that they have to use. I, you know, now, they can deny everything in the world. They can deny Bible being used, but they have to use their counter. I like that. Yeah. You know, I think God's just a little bit sneaky. <laughs> you know, I, think he just, I think he just says, man, you think you're so smart. i got a counter stuck in every school in Brown, every school in Texas, every school in the United States. You know, and it's knowledge in my son's birthday. I think it's interesting. So we shouldn't be discouraged if you have your Bible with you this morning I want you to turn to Luke 1 verse 26 it's a story of our Lord's birth about the angel coming to Mary you know something about this story never gets old it just gets better I love to hear the Christmas story Luke one verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the sentence of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, "Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation or greetings this might be. And the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God." And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he shall be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give you, or give him, the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for this reason, or for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Now, I think it's very interesting that most theologians are beginning to realize that it was at the conception that the Jewish people considered the birthday. Uh, So it it makes sense in many ways. So uh, I think Jesus was conceived probably on December the 25th, probably born in September. You know, because uh, the shepherds were out in the field and so forth, because it gets cold over there in Israel. So there's some mechanics in this that is interesting. But So we see that the angel came to her and told her what was going to happen. And so I want us to reread this thing, because today you're going to get a hold of something that will change your life if you'll hear me, if you'll hear in your spirit and so on. Before we get into it, I want us to pray that we will hear what God's got for us because it'll it'll make it come alive to you. It'll make something that you never realized as yours today. So Father, I thank you that we'll have open hearts to hear, that we'll have a a spirit to understand your word. And so Father, we're going to take it out of your word, but it's going to come alive in us, Father, it's going to be springing forth and it's going to be a revolutionary change in our life and the way we look at you and the way we look at life. And so Father, we thank you that Jesus has come to give us life and life abundantly and to that we rejoice in Christ and we pray, amen. Okay, now let's look at verse 35 once more. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, God implanted in Mary's womb the seed of God that day. Now, physically, he put in his, his son. And we know the power of the Holy Spirit was there because she was a virgin. All of us recognize this so as a miracle. And, and, but what I want us to see today is that this same miracle happens to us when Jesus Christ comes into our heart. Now I want you to think on that. The moment we receive Jesus Christ into our heart, the Holy Spirit overshadows us will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's exciting. It's like saying it's like 220 volts going through us all at one time. We're hanging on, you know, like this. And it's exciting because God is planting in us something that's so far beyond our mind that we can't comprehend it. We see the same thing happen to us spiritually today as happened to Mary physically almost 2,000 years ago. She didn't understand how this could come about, nor do we understand. But if we nourish the seed, I said if we will nourish the seed, let it mature in us, then Jesus spiritually begins to be birthed inside of us. And we can become wall to wall Jesus Christ. And we never understand that. It's one of the most difficult things we have as human beings, I think, probably of all the Bible. It's probably the hardest thing we understand. It would change our life totally if we could understand that we invite Jesus to to live in us. We say it and we confess it, but it's it's a long ways from us. If we understood that he lived in us. So that's why it's called a new birth. That's why it's called born-again experience because we have something put in us. We have a seed of God Almighty. Now you say, well, I'm not so sure about all this seed stuff. Well, let's turn to 1 Peter and see what God says. Keep a marker there in that place. We'll come back to it later. Let's look at 1 Peter 1. Because the Bible says that we have a seed planted in us. For 1 Peter 1, Chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again, not of seed. Underline that, or circle it. Not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. You have been born of imperishable seed. That is, through the living and abiding Word of God. That to me is exciting. If we can understand this truth, it will change us inside that we had a seed planted inside us when we asked Jesus Christ into our heart. Now, this morning, I have an acorn, and you might not be able to see it from back there in the back, but it's an acorn that was uh, on a tree right there by the house. But I want you to think about this acorn. Inside this acorn is the potential of many large limbs. It's not there yet, but it's the potential. Inside this acorn is the potential of a whole um, root stis- system. we we'll probably never see it, but it's still there. It's a, what holds a huge tree trunk up and it holds the branches and all the um, engineering feats that a tree handles because there's tremendous wind blows against that tree and there's something about a design of a tree that man really hasn't figured out how that tree can stand the, the wind pressure it receives. So, inside of this seed is an engineering feat. It's just phenomenal. And inside this tree is, or inside this seed is um, leaves and stems, branches. But amazing thing inside this dead-looking seed, there's life. That's what we can't understand. It has potential of life inside this seed. And we just look at it and we think, it's oh, nice. But if that seed was planted and watered in the right conditions, given enough time, it would grow a mighty oak tree. And that's hard to believe that this little old seed would come into a huge tree. But there is a miracle inside this seed, and that's life. We don't understand it, neither did Mary. She didn't understand how this all could come about. Now with this analogy in mind, I want us to think about it this morning, that there is planted on the inside of each one of us who's born again, this incorruptible seed of God. We don't understand that. We don't understand how God could plant a seed in us. We don't understand how the Holy Spirit Spirit could overshadow us. and put into us something just because we ask Jesus Christ in our heart. But we have the potential of everything that Jesus is. I want you to think with me. We have the potential to have everything that Jesus is because he's living inside of us. He's in our spirit man. We have everything that Jesus was. We can walk on water if we need to. We can raise a dead. We can heal sick. We can do everything that he will be doing. We will come back with him one of these days. I want you to think on that. I want you to understand it. Because in Ephesians 2.6 it says we are already seated at the right hand of God. Someday we'll rule and reign. It's hard to believe. If we could really grasp that this morning, this reality, we could shout the house down. But we can't understand this. We're like little children. Sincerely, we are like a small, small child in understanding the magnitude of what God's done for us because it's so far beyond us. We can't really understand how he could do this much with us. But I'm going to show you seven things I want you to start thinking on today. I want you to start meditating on them and and let them come alive to you and grow in you because I want you to look at the first one. It's found in Ephesians 4, verse 24. We have to understand who we really are. That in itself will get us down the road quite a ways. In Ephesians 4, verse 24. And put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. In other words, God's seed inside of us causes us to have a new self, not like we were. People say, "Well, you know, I'm too, too mean to ever change." Uh-uh. It's not what God says. There's nothing impossible to God. We're supposed to be in the likeness of God, and this is the thing that we can understand. Once we understand it, then the power gifts will operate in our life. Once we understand who we are in God, in and myself, I'm nothing, but with God, all things are possible. See? This is why we're afraid to lay hands on the sick, because we don't believe that really God's living in us. If we really believed God was living in us, we could lay hands on the sick. All right, God. Do your thing. I did my part, I laid my hand on him. That's all I can do. See, it doesn't matter what we've done in the past though, because we're born again like a virgin. We're free from the past. And this is hard for us to understand. We don't understand that we are forgiven of our past. We don't understand that at all. If we did, I tell people, you know, if we was an alcoholic, then we was offered a drink after we asked Jesus in the heart, that would be the first time that we ever drank a drop. See, we don't understand forgiveness. We don't understand that we're not the same person. The old devil says, Oh, go ahead, you drank all your life. Uh-uh. This is the first day of my new life. See? It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, because God has forgiven you of your past. You're lily white. Amen. The devil, though, is one that pulls in all the crud and says, No, you're not. Who are you going to believe, God or Satan? See, we have to believe God to get the right... Knowledge of who we are so we can do what God's called us to do. We have to be free from the power of sin. And he made it that way. We've given up the old sin nature. We have an incorruptible seed inside of us now. We're righteousness of God. But it's a choice to believe it or not to believe it. Colossians 2.14 says our debt was nailed to the cross. Do you believe it? When Edwin gets so excited about singing, when I get to so thinking about the goodness of God, I could dance, dance, dance all night, I can too. Because I want to tell you something, the goodness of God took on my sin. And that's exciting to me because, in myself, I can't go to heaven, but with Jesus' blood, man, I can walk in like a saint. I get excited about that. I always tell the Lord, there's one thing I don't want to ever forget. When I get up there and it's going to be awesome and all that power and all around there, one thing I just don't want to forget, Lord, and that's, it's the blood of Jesus. If I can remember that, I get to go inside. <laughs> it's not me. I mean, uh, you know, y'all never experienced the kind of power, maybe, that was around there. I had a glimpse of heaven. I mean, it is so powerful. that It is unbelievable. You cannot even think your name is so powerful. I just want to remember the blood of Jesus. I don't want to keep that on my lips. Colossians 2.14 says, our debt was nailed to the cross. Do we believe it? Just like this acre and seed has leaves designed in it, the seed inside of you has designed in you righteousness, holiness. But do you believe it? Right now it's just a seed. But someday it could be a tree. Someday you can be a tree if you believe it. Second thing I want you to think about is found in 1 Corinthians 2, Verse 16. love to hear your pages rattle. First Corinthians two, verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. Most people have not the foggiest idea that they have the mind of Christ available to them. They're, they go to the business world and ask financial advisors, will I make it or won't I make it? They go to the attorneys and they say, am I gonna be free or not free? They go to the doctor and say, is it terminal or not? The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. We can ask God, and God's going to say, you'll live if you believe it. Inside this acorn seed is a design of stems. But we don't see one of them right now. There's not a stem anywhere. There's not a leaf anywhere. There's not a root system anywhere. But in it. It's there. Now we can have the mind of God and we can think pure thoughts if we believe it. I had a call this week and the lady said, I have such terrible thoughts, such perverted thoughts. I need deliverance right now. Well, you can get delivered from it. You don't have to have perverted thoughts. You can have the mind of Christ. Christ didn't have perverted thoughts. He didn't have bad dreams at night. He didn't have despair and despondency all over him. We can have that same kind of mind if we believe it. First Corinthians 13 says that Jesus become our wisdom. We can have the mind of God. We can know all things, past, present, and future. We can have his intelligence. You know, the interesting thing is Jesus knew what those people were thinking before they ever said a word to him. He said to Nathaniel, I saw you under the the fig tree. He said, wow, you must have been God. And he said, greater things you'll be uh, able to see. See, we can know things, and I'm not talking about the woo-woo type things. Man, I'll tell you one thing. There's a bunch of fruitcakes out there in that area. I'm talking about the real things. Our son, Bill, came in one night. And I said, hi, son. The Lord said he didn't go where he told you he went. And I never caught Bill lying to me. That was one of the most amazing kids I ever saw. He didn't cover himself. I was wondering why he didn't. Um, But he would tell me the truth. And I said, son, I was really concerned about saying this. I said, son, did you go to so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, sure did. Mm -hmm or say he didn't go where he told you. Oh, man, you know, calling him a liar now, you know. This is can be the most damaging thing in the world you can do to a child and say you're lying when he's not lying. So he knows you're screwed up, not him. But I said to son, I said, something's wrong, son. Did you go where you told me? And he turned white. He looked at me and he said, yeah, Only stayed there five minutes though, Dad. See? He broke. You can have the mind of Christ to help your kids so they don't get off track. And I'm not talking about condemnation type stuff where you tell them you're lousy and sorry and all that kind of stuff. I tell my kids, you you can do anything you want to do. All things are possible for those that believe. You don't have to go the ways of the world. You don't have to be down. You don't have to do this. God says you don't have to, and I believe it. You're gonna pass that test. I just spank the kids if they didn't do well on the scores. Didn't have to do it, but one time I think was on Angie, if I remember right. <laughs> Her attitude changed very quickly. I am going to digress a second, because she's here in the audience. She was in university, and I'm sorry to say, they had a course in English literature that was so demonic, it was unreal. It talked about the authors having to cut their ears off, you know, and all sorts of stuff. It's wild stuff. And she came to me and she said, do I have to read this stuff? And I said, absolutely no. And she said, how am I gonna pass the test? And I said, ask God to show you the the correct answers. Well, that's interesting. And then first, you know, I didn't know it was gonna be a multiple choice test. She went to class and took the test, and she said, is it gonna be A, B, C, or D? She didn't even look at the, uh, the part because she didn't read the stories. She didn't look at the question. She just said A, B, C, or D. She made a perfect score. See? Second time, they had the same repeat. The girls had asked her ahead of time about the test, and she didn't know enough about it to even carry a conversation on. And so the kids thought she, she cheated. They didn't know how, but she thought, so they planted a, they, she did, <laughs> she cheated with the Lord, but she, they planted a student with her to ride from old Daniel Baker over campus, and on the way over there, this girl asked her all these questions about the coming test, and she couldn't answer any of them, and she made another score of 100. Kids said, she's cheating, so the teacher called her up and said, how did you pass the test? And she said, I prayed and asked God. <laughs> See? I don't know if that teacher ever believed it or not, but that's the truth. <laughs> the truth will set you free. She didn't get she didn't get a zero. God blessed her. See, what I'm telling you is you can have the mind of Christ if you truly believe it. But do you believe it? Or will you even act on it? She got so excited over, she said, Do I need to study any more? And I said, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> number three thing Jesus will become our health and our healing if we'll believe it it doesn't matter what the circumstances is it doesn't matter what the symptoms are you can believe God if you will just like this acorn has designed in it a root system the seed inside of you has health designed in it you can have it it's yours if you are allowed to grow now I want you to think with me. Well, I don't know about healing if that's from God. Break off a tree limb and see what happens to that thing. Cut it off. Will it stay that way or will the bark eventually come around it? The bark will eventually come around it. There's healing designed in nature. Amen. Who designed nature? God Almighty. That's right. Your old automobile won't heal itself. Amen. Who designed it? Man. Man. And you can talk about evolving all day, but it won't evolve into a new car either. <laughs> the point is, you break your arm and your bones immediately start mending. That's right. The only thing a doctor does is set the thing and it, so it'll line up. See, what I'm telling you is, folks, there is designed healing in our life, and we don't many times even recognize it, that God has given us the ability to have life and life abundantly. We cut our hand. We don't have to say, oh, hand, start healing. (laughs) Before we can get anything out of her mouth, it starts sending out the right fluids, and it starts cleaning itself, and the blood starts squirting, washing the germs out, and things like this. And so we start having healing immediately. And it's God's will to heal every time. Don't let Satan talk to you of that. John 10, 10 is the fourth one. Jesus said, I come to give you life, and life abundantly, but it's our option to take it or, re- or reject it. We can have total prosperity. It doesn't matter what your needs are. It has already been made available to you. It's in the deal. It's in the package that God gives you when you ask Jesus Christ in your heart. He said, I come to give you life and life abundantly. Do you believe it or not? See, I've told it before, but I had a man call me and his his so sincere, it bothered me. He said, if I come to Living Word Church, would I see a miracle? I didn't know how to answer him for a moment. The Lord said, tell him this. He says, do you believe in a miracle? I said, sir, do you believe in a miracle? And he said, no. or Lord says, tell him he won't see one, either. <laughs> see? And I've often thought about that. That poor guy will never see a miracle because he doesn't believe in one. Isn't it amazing that it's that easy? All we have to do is believe and we'll see a miracle. And I'm not talking about something that we have to hype up. Angie was telling the other night at the state school about what made her believe that there was a God? And of all the things that happened in her life, this was one that I would never have thought about her balancing on, pivoting on. I can remember one morning. It was cold old morning. It was probably about 18, something like it, And it was uh, just a miserable, cold old day. And I went out there to feed their uh, animals. And this little baby duck had died and had stuck to the um, wire mesh. And so I peeled it off and brought it inside. It were, it really was stuck up bad. I mean it's flat, you know, on the bottom. <laughs> and so I walked by her and I wasn't going to say anything. I walked by Paige Johnson, and she's about what ten? How old are you, Angie? Ten, somewhere around there. And played on telling this story this morning. But I want you to get a hold of this. She said, "What are you going to do with that dead duck?" I said, "I'm raising from the dead." Oh man, you know, Paige Joyce, honey. That was a favorite <laughs> words. Now she doesn't do that, but back in those days, honey. You know. So I, I went in the bathroom, or, or our bedroom and bathroom combination, and I sat there and started praying on that old thing. And and I knew that I knew that that duck's going to come out alive, or I wasn't going to come out of there. About thirty minutes later, that duck had come alive, and I walked back through the kitchen with a live duck. <laughs> now, you can laugh about it, but I saw it happen. And I started thinking about that over and over. What had happened if that thing hadn't come alive? I don't know. That's God's problem. All I had to do is believe it. See. I didn't make that life come back in that duck. I didn't do a thing in the world to get that duck alive. God almighty did it. So Angie would be a believer. See? You don't have to make God look good. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Just believe his word. You know. <clears throat> you can believe it. You can disregard it. I, I don't know. It, you know, I just saw the thing work. You know, And I'm not trying to be funny in this area. I'm telling you that was one of the biggest problems I had. Is I've always tried to make God look good to the kids. And one day he said, God said, I'm big enough that you don't have to do that, Jack Ruth. That just helped a whole lot. I didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> he could pay for this stuff instead of me. You know. But I was trying to make God look good. And I want to tell you something. It liked to ruin me. Mentally and physically and every other way. Because you cannot make God look good. That's his problem. Let him do it. He did it. Fifth thing. It's First Corinthians 12, verse seven. I want everybody that has the Bible to look this one up, because this is the core of the whole teaching. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want you to underline this thing. Let's study this thing out. To each one, it doesn't say to the preachers, it doesn't say to the staff of the church, it says to each one of us it is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's for every one of us that we have these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, underline that the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge to this according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another distinguishing of spirits and to another various kinds of tongues and another interpretation of tongues what i am trying to show you the gifts of the holy spirit are to each and every one of us now this is where we're falling short as a church. And this bothers me unbelievable. And this is why I want us to get a hold of this thing today. This is not designed for the leadership. It's designed for every one of us. And if every one of us had one of these gifts operating in our life like we're supposed to be operating, we would come together on Sunday morning and so on and say, Man, I have faith in this thing. We're going to make it. Amen. And another guy God says, Be healed. And that God be healed. Sitting right next to him. Now, it irritates me somewhat that people will come pastor would you pray for me what is wrong with our families that we don't use the gift that god has given us i'm sorry i'm not trying to sh- shrink back from my workload i'm telling you it's available and, and you can't find me sometimes at 11:30 at night and you need it right then there's no need to wait till six in the morning or, sometime like that and say pastor I need you to pray get someone to pray for you then and develop this thing in your family and get it going now so we can get together on Sunday morning and have a hallelujah time Amen. we're going to have miracles today because Joel walked in here and he believes in miracles nothing excites me more than see people that come together that have the gifts operating and when they say I've got a gift of miracles on me today well glory to God let's have one But we stand here and say, I don't know what's wrong with the church. Well, it's you, buddy. The sixth one, Galatians 5, verse 22. It balances. We have to have the fruit of the Spirit to balance the miracles and the gifts and powers that God's going to give us if we'll get a hold of. Because when you get a gift of knowledge and you say, well, just wait. You know, I'm going to get even with you or something like that. You've destroyed everything that God has laid out. Love doesn't demand its own ways. The fruit of the Spirit is love. You can underline that and you can almost stop there. Because if you have love, the rest of it will fall in place. You'll then have joy You'll then have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But we have to have this fruit, the balance of the power. Remember the night or Jesus got up real early and they started looking for him. He didn't get mad at Peter and say, Peter, you can go back in the house, I'm praying. Jesus got interrupted. We're going to have to be interrupted in things like this. So the fruit of the Spirit is inside of you, ready to manifest to um, and we'd talk like Jesus. Jesus didn't say, oh, I don't know, this might be too difficult for God. Oh, my. <whistles> Tell me the symptoms once more. Oh, man, that sounds terminal to me. You know, the guy was dead. He said, he's asleep. That duck was asleep. Jesus didn't say he's dead. Dead's past tense. What I'm getting at, folks, is... We're going to have to talk like Jesus. Now I'm not talking about this nonsense stuff. you got a cold that's running down your lip and, and, you, and someone says, you got a cold. Oh, I don't have a cold. Uh-uh. None. <laughs> <You know. laughs> that's nonsense. Just tell him I'm fighting a cold. Right. You don't say I have a cold. <laughs> I don't have a cold. No, you just say, I'm fighting a cold. Power to you, hope you win, you know. But we have the ability to talk like Jesus because we have the mind of God, we have the fruit of the spirit, we have the gifts of the spirit, we can do the things that Jesus did and we should be doing those things. But I want to tell you something, when you walk up to a fruit tree, do you look at it and say, my, my, what a root system that thing has man alive what roots or what look at that tree trunk would you boy that's a corker look at that fruit on that tree trunk no No. you look at the fruit I want to tell you something we're in a time now just because God says Jesus Christ is my Lord you're going to have to look at his fruit and see if Jesus Christ is his Lord we're going to be in such deception in the coming year that I want to tell you something, you can't afford to look at somebody and say, he says he's of the Lord. Look at his fruit, folks. The Bible says if the days were not cut short, even the elect would be deceived. The greatest deception in the world is running right today. There's people that are toting the Bible along and saying, uh, man, God is doing this and God is doing that, and they're talking, they quote scriptures and all that kind of stuff, and I want to tell you something, Satan did the same thing to Jesus. He said, it is, uh, isn't it not written? Folks, just because they quote the scripture doesn't mean that they're walking with God. God. Satan walked, didn't walk with God. And he quoted scriptures. We've got to be careful. We've got to look at the fruit. We've got to look at the fruit on that tree of, that they're carrying. We should have agape love. We should have uh, joy, peace, in the past human understanding, kindness, goodness, and uh, all the fruits gentleness and self-control. In other words, we should have the character traits of Jesus Christ. And if we don't have them, we need to be working on them. And if some brother comes up to you and tells you, brother, you don't have the character traits of Christ operating in your life, you shouldn't get puffed up and say, yes, I do. You say, brother, pray for me. Help me. Get rid of that pride. Man, pride cometh for the fall. In other words, we should have the character of God inside of us. And it should be... Evident. It should be a fruit. It's amazing how the world's searching everywhere for happiness and joy right now. This should be the happiest time in our life, and we should be able to go into Walmart. And I was in there the night, and I thought, it's sad no one is happy in here. How long has it been since you heard someone laughing? And I, ah, you know. But I'm talking about just laughing, enjoying happiness and life. You don't find it very often. You used to hear people singing. Man, they'd put us in the, the house down in Austin if, they, if someone's singing today. Man, what's wrong with you? Maybe you don't understand what's going on. Do you understand the El Nino? <laughs> I thought Bill Hickey had a good one. He called it El Chico There morning. I, I thought, that's about, that's about what that thing is, an El Chico. It's, you know That's not going to affect their life. Jesus said, peace be still. It's interesting what we accept. It's interesting what we look at and say, this is real. That's right. Now, I want to tell you something else. I had a lady call me this week from California, and she said, you know something? She says, the people out here are shooting themselves up with drugs, with alcohol, with tobacco, with uh, food, and everything in the world. And they're trying to find joy. And she said, there's only one joy, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought that was Interesting. And she said, my husband and I have given our testimony. We're looking at it ten times. And every time we give our testimony, they cry. Now, what I'm telling you is they're in the jet set. And those people are so lost out there that they're around that they need someone like them telling them the good news. See, you have the potential of explaining to them life, and life abundantly and i want to tell you something their life wasn't that good as a married couple back seven eight years ago if i would have been a betting man i would have said odds were about a thousand one they'll make it there was nothing working in their life today they're getting it together and they're teaching others i want to give you an encouragement whatever you're fighting today whether it be health marriage family problems, or whatever it is, whatever you're fighting today will be your ministry tomorrow if you hang on. I know it in my spirit. I know it in people when they come to me and they say, I'm just just, just barely making it in finances. Well, hang on, brother. One of these days you'll be teaching on finances. You'll be teaching on health. You'll be teaching on marriage. You'll be teaching on how to raise up your children. You'll be teaching on the things that you're going through. Hang on. That's, That's going to be your strong point. That's going to be your ministry. That's why the devil's trying to fight you so hard. He doesn't want you to win there. Because you'll be able to tell people. I want to tell you something. I had the same problems you're fighting today. And I can tell you how I got from here to here. And those people get a hold of it. Isaiah 9-6. I want you to turn to you. We're looking everywhere for peace And here is the answer Isaiah 9-6 For a child will be born to us A son will be given to us And the government will rest on his shoulders And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God Eternal Father Prince of Peace Now, that's exciting. 2,000 years ago, God called him the Prince of Peace. So the true Prince of Peace lives inside of you, if you'll believe it. Verse 7 says, there will be no end to his government or his peace. Look at verse 7. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace. Let's go Let's drop out government. There will be no end to the increase of peace. I like that. I like peace in the midst of a storm. I used to never understand that until I started trusting God, and today, the things that used to rattle me so much today doesn't bother me. Because I want to tell you something. God is putting peace inside of me that I never had before. And it's a thrill will be no end to the increase of peace inside of you. Number seven is Romans 12.3 says that God has given to each one of us a measure of faith. Some people say, I wished I had the faith to believe all this today. Well, God says, I've given to each one a measure of faith. None of us have trouble believing that if we put an acorn seed in the ground and watered it, in time it would grow. We have faith to believe for that. Why not believe for what God's going to do in our life? Why not believe that God will grow Jesus Christ in us, that we will be one day wall-to-wall Jesus? The seed that was planted in Mary's womb 2,000 years, years ago is the same seed, same power, same everything that God has given us today to you and I. It's been planted on inside of us. We can believe it or not believe it. All of us realize that the acorn seed is alive, Though do we believe that Jesus Christ is alive on inside of us? That's the dividing factor. And this seed that's on inside of us cannot perish. You now we possibly could plant that acorn seed in, uh, in an environment where it rot, where it decay, where it not grow, but we have the imperishable seed. It will grow on inside of us. This side the seed inside of us is imperishable. Do we believe it? We're going to have to decide, yes, we do believe it, because this is what will change us. So what is our part to play? Hmm? Let's go back to the very first scripture we read in Luke 1 and see what Mary did to bring it about. We're going to look at Luke 1 verse 38. She didn't say, I understand all that you're talking to me about. I I got it figured out now. I understand it. Mary said, Behold, your servant of the Lord, be be it done to me according to your word. Be it done to me according to your word. Be it done to me according to your word. Be it done to me according to your word. Verse 45. And blessed is she who believed. Be it done to me according to your word, and I'll be blessed. You believe it? See? That's all it takes. We don't have to figure out how it's all going to work. We don't have to understand it all. We just say, Lord, I believe it. I believe you're going to give me the gift. What would you dream of if you had all the gifts? What would you like to do? What would be the one thing that you'd love to do? Would you like to have a word of knowledge for people or a word of wisdom for them? Would you like to have the gift of healing for them? Would you like to have the ability to lay hands on the sick and and see them genuinely genuinely healed? Dream on it. I challenge you to dream on it. I challenge you to think on it. I challenge you to believe for a uh, gift of miracles. I'm personally one. I like the gift of miracles. I'm believing that the day is coming that we can walk in here and, and we're going to have a gift of miracles. Edwin, whoop, you got a job. You don't have to wait six months to find out if you got a job. You, can, you know, all that anxiety and fear and apprehension and driving all over town looking for a job, you can stop all that stuff. See, gift of miracles, gift of healing. We can have the mind of Christ. We can have the righteousness. And we can have the healthiness and the prosperity and stuff like that. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. You can have the gifts. You can have the fruit of the Spirit. You can have all of it. And you can even have the measure of faith. because he's already given it to you. It's not something you're going to have to ask. God give me faith. He's already done it. See, this is what we're going to understand. I want you to realize. That some 2,000 years ago on Christmas Day. God planted his seed in Mary. And he knew you before the foundation of the earth. So on that very day, he planted it inside of you. Hmm. Now I want to end with this thought. Inside this acorn seed (coughs) is the opportunity for that tree to shed thousands of acorns every season, every year. Inside of you is the opportunity to plant seeds in thousands of people Every day, every year. All you have to do is say to them, Have you asked Jesus Christ in your heart? The Holy Spirit will then come and overshadow them and plant a seed of God Almighty in them. Are you going to be able to say, like Mary said, Yes, Lord, I'll be your servant, I'll be your slave. Be it done to me according to your word. Use me, Lord. Here am I. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we have the opportunity to love you. Father, what a joy it is to be able to look at you and say, Lord, I love you with everything in me. I love you, Father, because you come to give me life and life. Mentally. You're a good God all the time. I don't have to ever wonder that. I know it. And so, Father, I thank you today that we have the gifts, gifts of you rising up inside us and we'll have a vision implanted in us that we can see ourselves giving out words of knowledge, words of wisdom um, words of encouragement gifts of miracles and all these kind of things Father, I think it's going to be rising up in us and we're not going to be waiting for someone else to do it, but we're going to step out Father, I think give us that encouragement today, I think that you planted us us gift of miracles and gift of faith to carry them out And so, Father, I thank you. It's going to take a miracle, but, Father, you're in the the miracle business. And, Father, you didn't get us this far to leave us now. And so, Father, we thank you for what you're going to be doing, and we rejoice in it immediately in the name of Jesus. You stand to your feet. I want the prayer partners to come down this morning. Because I want. if you're having an area in your life that you're battling, let's get rid of it. There's no need to have anything but life and life abundantly. God's on the throne and he's going to meet your every need. And the Bible says, pray for one another that you may be healed. And this is the exciting thing to me is I like the healing. If there's someone here that has never asked Jesus Christ in their heart, don't leave here today without the greatest gift of the whole universe, the greatest joy to, to ever experience. It's the only thing that will ever give you peace. It's the only thing that will ever give you life. And if you would like to join Living Word Church, we want you to join with us today because we have all the tools now to reach the community. That's what the Lord is telling me. He says, I've given you the tools, and you're going to be using the tools in 1998. Join with us because I want the meter running on your your side. You know, you read these multiple level systems and and you know, you get two people signed up and the guy above you gets a credit. And the guy above him gets credit. And the guy above him gets credit. Can you imagine what would happen if you got uh, a thousand people working for you? Think of all the uplinks. God's the one designed the multiple level system. He has The book of life and he's seeing what we're doing so make it a time this year you don't have to know the checker but you know if she's having a hard day say honey I understand you know but you know I was having a hard day until I asked Jesus Christ in my heart and life has really changed now and tell her about would you like to do it real quickly you can say it in five seconds You can say it while you're filling out the check. Would you like to repeat after me? And you can be filling out your check because, you know, the store manager might get on to her. But you don't have to pray, bowing your head. You can be looking up. You don't have to close your eyes. It never says in the Bible where Jesus closed his eyes. You can talk to that lady and she said, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I know he forgave my sins. And I know he come to give me life and life abundantly. If you've never done that, nothing gives you more pleasure than laying down at night knowing that you led someone to Jesus.